And we are in week four of the series, The End of the World. Now, throughout this series, we, we've been looking at end times, the end time events. We looked at week one. We looked at signs of the time. And we talked about how it's getting close that the Lord could come at any time because of, of the signs that we're, that we're seeing in our world today. And then week two, we, we focused on the fact that Jesus is coming back. And that was our talk that day. And we talked about how the Lord is going to come back for his church. And then in week three, last week, we looked at snapshots of the end of the world. And what we did last week is we unpacked the book of Revelation. And so we kind of taught you that confusing book for many and tried to bring clarity to that book. And this week, I titled the talk, The Main Event. And I want to talk to you about Judgment Day. Every single person, whether you know Jesus or you don't, we're going to all stand before God one day. And I want us to look at that today. Our, our, our launching point verse is Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. The Bible says, just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Now, let me start point number one right now. Point one is simply this, if you're taking notes there in your bulletin. Death is certain. Death is certain. Do you notice that it says just as man is destined or appointed to die once. We're all destined to die. We all have an appointment with this thing called death. The only way that we will avoid death is if Jesus Christ comes back in our lifetime would be the only way that we will avoid death. Other than that, we're all going to face this thing called death. And the Bible says we're going to die once. You only got one life to live. You're not going to come back as a grasshopper. You're not going to come back as a tree. You're not going to come back as a flower. You're not going to come back as a kitty cat. Wouldn't want to be a kitty cat anyways. You're not going to come back as a dog. Listen, you only got one shot at life. The Bible says you're going to die once. Point number two is this. Judgment follows death. Death is certain and judgment follows death. This is an after that to face judgment. What I want to do is give you two judgments today. Talk to you about two judgments. Some of you may not be aware, but there are Two types of judgments that are in the Bible. The first judgment is called the great white throne judgment. Great white throne judgment. And this judgment is for unbelievers. It's for those who are not following Jesus Christ. And let's take a look at the great white throne judgment. You you find it in Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11. It says, then I saw a great white throne. Throne and him who was seated on it, earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Now, many scholars believe that these books contain the sins, the deeds, the works of those who do not, who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. In other words, you will be without excuse when you stand before the Lord one day if you don't know him. Your deeds have been recorded. The Bible says books, plural. It says another book was opened, which is the book of life. If you're not familiar with the Bible, the book of life, the names that are recorded in this book are those who are followers of Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, your name is written in the book 
of life. This is the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books, the dead. So all the dead that, that people who don't even know Christ, they will rise from the dead as well. And they will stand at this great white throne judgment. And it says that they will be judged by what's recorded in the books. Not, not that not, their name is not written in the book of life. They're in the books with all their deeds and their, and their, and their sins and their shortcomings. Verse 13 says the sea gave up the dead that were in it and that, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Each person was judged according to what he had done. Talking about the unbeliever, those who don't know Christ. Verse 14, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Let me simplify this for you. That can be awfully confusing, especially if you're not familiar with the Bible. So let me simplify it for you. Every single person is going to stand before God and there's going to be a test. I don't always like tests. When I was in school, didn't like tests. I knew every end of the semester there was going to be the, the test, the big test at the end of the semester. And, and God has a test. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you the question for the test. Get ready. Here's the question. One day when you stand before God, the question is this. What did you do with my son? That's it. What did you do with my son? And I'm such a good pastor to you, I'm going to give you the answer. Here's the answer. I loved him. I followed him. He had my heart. I loved some other things, but I loved him more. I had some priorities in my life, but he was a top priority. That's what I did with your son. And for those who say that and have done that in their lifetime, their name's been written in the book of life. For those who have not made the decision, they will be judged according to their deeds by what is written in the books. These, eternity with God. These, eternity without God and his presence. The second judgment that I want to focus the remainder of our time on today is the judgment seat of Christ. Number two, the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is the believer's judgment. The believer's judgment. You and I are going to stand before God one day as followers of Jesus. You see, as followers of Christ, we have the opportunity to receive rewards in heaven. Please hear me. Now, this is key for you to grasp. Don't miss this. Salvation is free to all who trust in Jesus. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't earn your way into heaven. Salvation is free for everyone who trusts in Jesus. But heaven will not be a place where all people are treated alike. It will not be. I don't understand it all, but the Bible clearly teaches that we will be rewarded in heaven for how we live on earth. You see, the first question that's asked on the test is, what did you do with my son? That's a, a heaven and hell question. That's a in God's presence forever or away from God's presence forever question. It has nothing to do about your works or your deeds. The, the, the second question that will be asked to believers, to followers of Jesus, the second question is this. What did you do with your life? What did you do with your life? That's not a heaven or hell question. That is a reward question. God wants to reward you for your faithfulness to him on this earth. We see this found in Romans chapter 14, verse number 10. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? Talking about followers of Jesus looking down on one another. It says, for we all stand before God's judgment seat. How many people? Notice that every Christian, 
every follower of Christ will stand before the before God's judgment seat. It says the same thing in Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number ten. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. How many people? Every follower of Jesus will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. This is not a heaven or hell issue. This is a rewards issue. It says that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. I want to just quickly give you a more in-depth look at the judgment seat of Christ. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 10. It gives us just more insight to the judgment seat of Christ that believers will stand before God one day. And it says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. In other words, we should be careful how we live. We should watch our life and what we're doing and what we're saying and how we live. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one laid, which is Christ Jesus. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. Now, now this tells us why we should be careful how we build. Verse 13 says, his work will be shown for what it is. Your work will be shown for what it is. Did you build on Christ? Was it all about Jesus? And let me say this to you. Your work will, will be shown for what it is. Your motives are also very important because you can do the right thing for the wrong reasons. And one day we're going to stand before God for our motives and our, and our deeds, not a heaven or hell issue, a reward issue. It says, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, if he or, if he or she, they were about Christ, they were about advancing the kingdom of God, they, 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 they were sold out to Christ with their life. He says he will receive his reward if it is burned up. He will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. The Bible lets me know that some people are barely saved. Some of you may know some of those folks. How many know some people that are barely saved? Huh? How many of you sit next to somebody barely saved? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So how many of you are the person barely saved? You know what I'm uh, you can't even tell you say by the way you live, you know, but there are going to be some people, their life was all about them. They trusted in Jesus, but their life was all about them. Their life, their deeds, what they did, how they handled their life, it was all about them. And the Bible says there will be a group of people that will get to heaven, that they, they will get no rewards, they will barely make it in, they're barely saved. And the Bible clearly lets us know that God doesn't just want us to escape hell. That's not what this is all about. God wants us to live a sold-out life to Jesus so that we can receive eternal rewards that God has prepared for us. You see, so many people think, I just want to go to heaven, just want to just get saved. I mean, listen, that's a part of it. That, that we, we need to give our lives to Christ. It's the most important decision that we make. But listen, after you give your life to Christ, listen, the thing that you need to focus on is preparing for rewards in heaven by how you live on earth. If you hadn't made that decision yet, glad you're here. Man, if you haven't sold out to Jesus, glad you're here. You're so welcome here. And I'm hoping and praying that you cross that line of faith really soon. But for, for those that have, listen, what are you doing with your life? Are you, are, you, are you storing up treasure and rewards in heaven? And I want to talk to you about that for the next few moments. It's so important to our Christian walk. I want to give you five rewards you can receive in heaven. Five rewards. Now, now the first four rewards are crowns. You can receive in heaven. 
Now, no doubt there could be lots and lots of crowns in heaven, but, but I, I see in the Bible four or five different crowns you can receive in heaven by how you live on earth. The first crown is the crown of life. The crown of life. This, is, this crown is for people who stay faithful to Jesus during trials. We see this in James chapter 1 and verse number 2. It says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive, notice this, the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. We see this in Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution. You'll go through trials for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death and I will give you notice the crown of life. Church, you will be rewarded for going through trials and staying faithful to Jesus. You're not really serving Jesus until you go through something, until you take a licking and keep on ticking. You know what I'm talking about? Until you go through something and say, I'm still serving Jesus with all of my heart because there are some people that take a licking and quit ticking. The Bible talks about this in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 20. The words of Jesus as he tells a parable, he says, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at at once receives it with joy. Oh, man, it's great to be a Christian. Great to follow Jesus. Oh, things are so great. Thank God for his presence. Oh, God is so good. Thank God for his blessings. And they receive the word with joy. Then it goes on to say in verse 21, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. He takes a licking and quit ticking. Can, can I tell you, I'm not as, an in, as interested in how people praise God when everything's good. I'm more interested in how people praise God when everything goes bad. I'm more interested in how you praise God when you're not healed. I'm more interested in how you praise God when you can't pay the rent. I'm more interested in how you praise God when the hoopty breaks down. I'm more interested in how you praise God when your spouse is acting crazy. I'm more interested in how you praise God when your kids are on your last nerve. I'm more interested in how you praise God when your whole world is falling apart because anybody can praise God when everything's good. I'm more interested how you praise God when everything goes bad. God is looking for some Paul and Silas Christians, some Christians that'll be in the middle of the jail cell and still have a song on their lips of praise to God Almighty. Come on, you got to learn to take a licking and keep on ticking. And the Bible says for people who will be faithful to God during trials and tribulations, they will receive the crown of life. It's not just about getting to heaven. It's about receiving rewards in heaven for our faithfulness here on earth. Number two is this. Number two is this. There's a second reward I want you to see. The crown of glory. The crown of glory. Now, this is for spiritual leaders, for pastors who serve God and his people faithfully. Not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I did want it to want, wanted to bring this to your attention. It says in first Peter chapter five and verse two through four, it says, be shepherds of God's flock, talking to spiritual leaders, talking to pastors that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must. But because you are willing, first of all, the Bible says as spiritual leaders, we should serve with a willing heart, not out of compulsion, not because we feel like we have to, but because we want to, because of God's call in our life. 
It says, and God wants you to be, wants you to be not greedy for money. It says, serve with a willing heart and serve with a pure heart. Serve for the right reasons. Serve because you want to make a difference. Serve because you love Jesus, because you want to see people's lives changed. It says, but eager to serve. So he says, serve with a willing heart, serve with a pure heart, and serve with a servant's heart. And he goes ahead and unpacks the servant's heart. Verse 3, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive, notice, notice, the crown of glory that will never fade away. A word of caution. Don't miss this. Let me give you a word of caution. We live in a church culture where a lot of people aspire to be a minister, a preacher, a pastor, a spiritual leader. Matter of fact, I meet them all the time. When people find out that I'm a pastor, they, they get all weird around me. Oh, you pastor people, sure. Hello, I'm evangelist so-and-so. Ha, yes, I'm apostle so-and-so. Yes, I'm, I'm reverend so-and-so. Where, where are you pastoring? Well, I don't really, but I'm reverend so-and-so. Huh? Don't call yourself. Don't, don't put that kind of title on yourself unless God calls you. Because do you understand, for teachers and preachers, we're going to be judged more strictly. The Bible says this in James chapter 3 and verse number 1. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. I just helped somebody out. You're going to stop all that mess. Amen, huh? I'm pastor, so it's better stop all that. All right. Okay, if you want to be, okay. Number three is this. Number three is this. The third reward is the crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness. This is for people who live a life dedicated to Jesus and his purpose. The crown of righteousness. We see this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. It says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. The time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the, notice, crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Now, the crown of righteousness is for those who lived full and died empty. They gave their all. For Jesus. They lived their life in such a way that when it's all said and done, there were no what ifs. There were no coulda, shoulda, woulda. They gave it all up for Jesus. I like how the late missionary Jim Elliott, who was missionary to South America and was killed by some South Americans doing his faithful service to Christ. He said these words. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. Jim was simply saying, give your all for Jesus. Be dedicated to Jesus. Live full and die empty and you will receive the crown of righteousness. Question. Question, are you giving your all to Jesus? Are you, like Paul said, are you being poured out for Christ? 
Are you fighting the good fight? Can I tell you, it's not always easy. Oftentimes, to serve Jesus and to be faithful to him, it's a fight. Paul said, I fought the good fight. Are you finishing the race? You see, a lot of people get started but never finish. But people who receive the crown of righteousness, they are finishers. Paul said, I finished the race, the race that God had for me, the race that God called me to run. I finished the race. And I want to ask you, are you keeping the faith? Paul said, I kept the faith. You see, when you cross the finish line one day, you want to cross the finish line still madly in love with Jesus. Have you kept the faith? Are you still serving Jesus? Does he have your heart? Does he have your affections? You see, those who receive the crown of righteousness, they live full and die empty. Number four is this. There's, there's a fourth crown I want to point out to you, and that's the crown of rejoicing. The crown of rejoicing. Oftentimes, it's called the soul winner's crown. And it's for those who win people to Jesus. We see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 19. Paul refers to it when he says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Paul says our joy, our hope, this, this crown of rejoicing we'll receive is because you one day will be in the presence of the Lord. That you're going to be in heaven with us. We, we've, we've won you to Christ. We taught you the gospel. You've given your hearts to Christ under our ministry. And can I tell you, as followers of Jesus, one of the primary purposes for our existence on the planet is to influence people for Christ. One of the primary purposes while we're on the planet is to be light and to be salt to a world who desperately needs to know Christ. We can get so caught up in frivolous things. We can think our life is all about making money, getting a raise, getting a bigger house, getting a bigger car, getting a bigger bank account, getting the boat one day, and thank God for his blessings. But can I tell you, you're missing it if you think that's what life is all about. Who are you influencing for Christ? God has you in the neighborhood he has you in, in the school he has you in, he has you at the workplace he has you in. He has you there to be an influence for Christ, that you can influence people to give their hearts and life to Jesus Christ, that one day you could receive the crown of rejoicing because your life counted, your life mattered, your life made a difference for the kingdom of God. The crown of rejoicing. There's a, a fifth reward that I want you to see today. We're going to switch off the crowns now, and I want to show you a fifth reward the Bible talks about. And that is this. You will be rewarded for your giving to God's kingdom. Your giving to God's kingdom. The first thing I want to bring out to you is giving your money. Please understand that how you handle money will determine some of the rewards you receive in heaven. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 through 20. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. And it's easy to do that. It's easy to live your life 
without eternity in mind. The thing it's all about the here and now, the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years you have on this planet. The thing that you need to consume it all now. Eat it all now. Spend it all on yourself now. And Jesus said, listen, don't live life that way. Don't live life like there's no eternity. He says, listen, if you store your treasure up on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, you're going to miss out on heavenly rewards. And he goes on to say in verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. How are you living your life? How are you handling your finances? Are you handling your finances only like you're going to live on this earth? Are you handling your resources that God has given you with eternity in mind? And being generous to God's kingdom so that you can receive treasures in heaven. Jesus talks about this in Luke chapter 18 and verse 22. It says, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. And he was talking to a wealthy man. And he says, listen, sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Jesus was simply saying this. Quit living life all for yourself. Quit handling your resources only for yourself. Think about other people. Be generous. Be a blessing. You see, there's two options when it comes to our resources. It's either hold on or let go. Hold on. I got to keep it all for myself. It's all for me. Or let go and be a blessing to other people. And Jesus said, then you will receive treasure in heaven. How are you handling the resources God has given you? You will either be rewarded in heaven or miss out on some wonderful rewards that God wants to give to you. Number two is this. The second, the second thing about giving that you will be rewarded for is giving your time and talents. Giving your time and talents. And Jesus tells a parable in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through verse 30. We're not going to take time to read it all, but he talks about some talents that he gives out. The Bible says Jesus gave one person five talents, another person two talents, and a one person one talent. Now, what I want you to know is that, that, that God is the one who decided how many talents people get. You see, it's very dangerous to compare yourself to somebody else because we're all given different talents. Some of us have five talents, some of us have two talents, some of us have one talent. One of the things that irritates me is when I talk to pastors and they try to play this whole compare game and, and this whole thing about trying to compare their numbers to somebody else's numbers. Because here, here's the truth of the matter is we all have different talents. We don't all have the same gifts. We don't all, we're all in the same city. We, all, we don't have all the same, same similar situations. God has given us all different talents. And God is not going to judge the one-person talent based on, how, uh, on comparing them to the five-person talent. That's how God works. He's not going to judge a two-person talent based on how they, how they measured up to the five person talent. No, no, no. God's going to judge you on base on what you did with the talents he gave you. And some of us say, you know, I'm just, I'm way too busy. I don't have time to use my talents for Jesus. And can I tell you that time is the great equalizer. We all have the different talents, but we have the same amount of time. It's the great equalizer. We all have 24 hours in a day. And what are you doing with the time and talents that God has given you to make a difference for his kingdom? What are you doing with your your life. What are you doing at, at, at school, student? What are you doing at, at the workplace? What are you doing in the neighborhood, in the community? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing in the local church to make a difference for God and his kingdom? Can I tell you, I don't want to live a life that's full of selfishness, live a life that's all about me and what I want. My goal and my prayer and my goal for you is one day for you to stand before your heavenly father, your daddy, your God, 
and for him to say these words to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You lived your life with eternity in mind. You used your time, you used your resources, and you used your talents to be a blessing to my kingdom. Can I tell you, church, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Live full and die empty for the cause of Christ. Lord, thanks for your word today. Thanks for your presence.